Calling all beans, y'all. Let's get it. to calling all beings today i'm calling all beings aka artisan dj uh nathan didn't even mention <laughs> I, I was looking at it i was like this is a, there's a joke here yeah if i'm making skincare formula doesn't that make me an artisan you are an artisan man everything I- is bespoke <laughs> like nathan, i'll tell you what nathan when i look at you i just the word that pops into my head is bespoke so that yeah. is my co-host and co-conspirator money nathan how you doing brother Good, man. Good. Very excited for the show today. Very excited. We, just, Man, I'll tell you what. Uh, I'll tell you what. Look, first, I'm gonna, we're going to introduce the other cabbies, and Nathan going to make this announcement. Uh, Kevin, uh, now that your, computers, uh, your computer speakers are off, you left the conditioner in your hair, which I think looks great. Uh, hi. <laughs> oh, hey. How's it going, guys? He how's it going? Like, What's up? He's making like the, the dude from Caddyshack, the little the gopher. <laughs> It's kind of practice in my faces, you know. Those voice actors, they make those faces, you know, when they talk. Incredible range, Kevin. Thanks. Thanks. And our our researcher, Deb, uh, uh, you know, the, the woman who is all over the place in the phenomenon. She's got it on lock. Uh, she also is the host of uh, Deb's Data Dojo. Data Dojo. Hi, Deb. Hi, everyone. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday, Happy Sunday, ma'am. We're excited to talk to the F-16 legend. Now, Nathan got an announcement he finna make. Indeed I do. So our show, Calling All Beings, has been doing shows for a while now. And uh, as many of you know, we are very blessed to have another show that is a part of our uh, kind of family of content, uh, Deb's Data Dojo. Yeah, over, over here. This one, excellent content. If you haven't checked out Deb's Data Dojo, please Thank you, do so. It is on our uh, podcast feed and uh, is packed, chock full of content. There is no shortage of excellent material there. Uh, but we are excited to announce today that we are adding another uh, collection to our our group, and that is uh, Shane and Allison from the Secret Knowledge. Yeah. Shout out to them. I know a lot Shane of you may not Allison. have heard of their content, but it's awesome, and you will hear of it because it's very, very good. Uh, so you'll be seeing their content on our podcast feed and uh, on our sort of YouTube playlist as well. And uh, we'll be having them on. We actually just had them on not long ago on our show, and we'll, you'll be seeing more of them as we go on. So our our little family is growing, and we're excited to uh, announce that today. Yeah, so definitely uh, two people, both of them former uh, college uh, English teachers, one creative writing, the other one uh, uh, from the poetry slant, uh, Shane, uh, at at, uh, Southern Missouri. These guys are, they're very prepared, they're super intelligent, they're fun. Uh, they're, they may not be that well known now, but we think they will be, or I, I think they will be, and I don't care if they are not. I wanted them to be part of this, uh, because again, we're not here to be famous. We're here to have great conversations. We thought that we were going to have a great conversation with them. We did. And as soon as that we got off air, we had a meeting about having them join our little, pa- uh, uh, cab podcast network which is really uh nothing to change the universe we're really just uh, a collection of people that 
uh, we can enjoy talking to and bring other people into our, our the spreading uh, the positivity and our values and, and, and bring other people into the circle. That's all it is. So uh, with that, Nathan, let's bring him on. All right. Got to. This brother right here is my brother from the USAF. He's my brother in aviation. He's my brother in phenomenology. And he's my brother in open-minded thought. So party people, put your hands together for the F-16 pilot, Mr. Chris Lato! Lato! Give it up, Lato! Okay. Chris! Good to see you. Good to have you with us. My brother. Hey, Chris. I'll tell you what, it's it's been a while, man, since we had you on with Troy. Uh, I just got a text from Troy the other day. He's probably flying his ass off with uh, FedEx right now, uh, going across the pond. Uh, but I had a question for you to kick things off, uh, Chris. Uh, I know that you have a project going on with Alexei. I, I rewatched your episode with Artisan Tony. Uh, that's why I'm Artisan DJ today. Uh, because <laughs> cool. I make skincare formula. I mean, I from scratch. And I, I think that qualifies me, right, as an artisan. Maybe no. What? <laughs> what? I'm a, come on. All what right. What do you make? By, what is this? Hold on. DJ skincare formula. Uh, anybody? Yeah. <laughs> He's not joking either. No, no I'm real. not. Yeah. I don't have a can of it. I think uh, it counts. With no, that's me, legit. Yeah, I make yeah. it from scratch. Uh, it's good stuff. It counts. Nathan mm-hmm. has some, and uh, it smells great. And, is it good? Yeah, and uh, also. Are there Claire any benefits? Oh, yes. Uh, if you see a photo of me from 10 years ago, my face when I was active duty and see my face today, I probably look younger today. I swear. What's in it? What? Um, sunflower oil. Don't give it all from... away, DJ. Not no, all I, I, yeah, I, 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 it says on the can what's in there. Anybody's <laughs> free to do that. I don't, right, you know, make you. your own. Um, organic sunflower oil, organic shea butter from Ghana, uh, organic beeswax. Um, and, uh, I put an essential oil in it called on guard from doTERRA. I know that essential oil. So those ingredients is, is all that it is, but it has peppermint and something else in it. It has several different oils. It's a confluence of oils that they put together. Uh, and it, it works great. I mean, you can drink, you can drink, uh, uh, doTERRA on guard if you put it in water, but anyway, um, so I'm an artisan. I mean, artisan Tony, what's up brother? So anyway, <laughs> I hope Artisan Tony is here. Is he here? I, I, I wish he was. The, I, I'd like to meet him, yet, but he might be. Um, I don't know. Um, but anyway, Chris. So you know, given that you're starting this, uh, the, you have this collaboration with Alexei, which I think is amazing because you guys were so great on air together. Do you, you know, given the uh, incredible hair game that he has, do you feel any pressure uh, to up your hair game? in order to hang out with Alexa? Do you, do you feel any sense of responsibility there? That's actually a pretty good question. Um, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Okay. So, I mean, if you <laughs> need any... Hats a lot. If I you met him in person. We hung out. We had, a, yeah. we had this amazing romantic night in uh, Disney World. I went to Disney World in January, like during mm-hmm. the height of the pandemic. We did our family, you know, once in a lifetime trip there mm-hmm. and uh, met with Alexei. Mm-hmm. And he had this. Uh, he had, he invented or created an electric hoverboard, which is a electric skateboard, right? 
and you have a little controller on it that makes it go faster or slows you down going down hills. It's actually very useful. Hmm. Um, and so we wrote it all around, uh, you know, the, the, the outer areas of Universal Studios. Sorry, it was mm -hmm. Universal Studios. And we saw like this big fire in the sky or something. He's like, what's that? I swear to God. And like, uh, I'm like, I don't know. And it was looked like a comet, you know, like going really slow. Uh, if it was, you know, some sort of SpaceX reentry thing. Um, and to where I was like, everybody start filming. I like yelled everybody around. Like, I was like, I'm a UAP investigator. And I, like, ran <laughs> All right, and everybody looked at me like that was crazy, man. They just like ran off. I was like, no, no, you, you, I'm serious. Everyone. Uh, you sound like Johnny People Utah. Not prepared. People did not help me. They ran out. Actually, and, and, and so we finished and we're, and then we're like, Hey, are we crazy, man? Like, uh, and this guy comes up and he's like, did you guys see that? What was that? Like a meteor or something? So I don't know. You can ask Alexei about it. But it's um, wild. He's dope. That was so, the one time we've hung out, man. And uh, yeah, we're gonna hang out in uh, the MegaCon. I put this up behind me. Uh, May twenty seventh. He's coming up, man. We got an event planned. It's gonna be big. You we're guys are headed out it. to the ranch, man. You might be near the ranch, right? Uh, it's hosted by Blind uh, Blind Frog uh, mm. Ranch. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. so cool. And it'll be at Blind Fog Ranch Outpost, which is like in Vernal, Utah. So I don't. Uh. We will we will look forward to your updates there. Uh, and now that you've answered my ridiculousness, no moose, no gel, no hair care, anything. Let me pass it over to Money Nathan. <laughs> yeah, Chris, great to see you again. Uh, we usually end the show like this, but I would like to start the show like this. So tell us what you're working on right now, because I think a lot of the questions we're going to get into revolve around your current interests and not just like what you're studying, but the community that you're kind of building. So tell us a little bit about what's going on in your universe. Awesome, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's been nonstop. You know, um, I'm super excited about it, actually. So I, I started my YouTube channel, and the first videos I made was about NFTs, actually. And it was about uh, blockchain technology. Um, I was, you know, I, I let, wanted to be like maybe a futurist. I was kind of interested in that future technology so in and investing so i was talking about why you know i invested in tesla and uh what what the next technologies will basically be um the five kind of uh, revolutionary technologies and there's a big uh, argument from arc invest that basically there's five main technologies that are coming together you know it's basically artificial intelligence uh blockchain uh technology robotics uh battery technology mm -hmm. Um, and then the fifth one is, uh, I can't remember anyway, uh, blockchain technology. So really was what I kind of went through for, um, the, my initial start of my channel. So I did some, I really researched it cause I think it's the way of the future. Um, it's web 3.0 mm -hmm. is really what it is. And NFTs is just once, I think very important part of that whole, that whole, uh, revolution coming essentially well um, when so, you say web 3.0 and i've heard that used a lot so it, can you yeah. distill that down what, what does that mean for folks yeah so web one is basically one-way information that was like dial up you know so you dial up there's a simple web page there you can't really interact with it right it's kind of that was web 1.0 mm -hmm. web 2.0 is basically what we're at right now so basically it, it's uh we're interacting um, but there's usually there's some sort of intermediary between us. Um, still slow. Um, it's like social media apps. You think of that. That's Web mm -hmm. 2.0. The internet is you know two way. So Web 3.0 uh, is basically going to be the next version of that. 
And so the idea is you're going to have um, verified trust in digital digital things. That's really what it brings, at least for NFT technology, is now we can actually verify things um, and we can set up basically autonomous organizations uh, where you can set up smart contracts where artists are paid. You know, right now, uh, if an artist sells like a music uh, as an NFT, um, it's working well in photography, right? They sell their art as a NFT, the cash comes right to them immediately to their wallet, wherever they are in the world, right? I, you know, basically last week I was at this big conference in Lisbon and this artist, Carlos uh, Manias, is a, now he's a world famous um, NFT artist from Mexico um, because he, he was crying there essentially. He said when he saw his art in a gallery in the metaverse, mm. uh, it basically made him cry because he was, uh, you know, it made such an impact. Um, so Web 3.0 will be the, it'll link us uh, directly uh, to remove all the intermediaries, you know, your, um, the problem is your bureaucracies is what's going to slow, slow countries down. I think that's, what's going to kill them. You know, really it's the crushing bureaucracy that tumbles, <laughs> tumbles, mm. uh, countries, you know, so, uh, this effectively removes that. So whatever companies or countries will, will, will move to this quicker, right. They're going to be just that much level faster in magnitudes of speed of bureaucracy and much more efficient. Mm. So it's undoubtedly the future, um, I mean, I, I would bet my life on it at this point, mm -hmm. honestly. Um, the technology is there. So what I'm trying to do is create, use that decentralized technology um, and get in at the base level, right? Get in um, while they're creating the technology now and try and orient it towards like good, you know, orient it mm -hmm. towards uh, open source, getting science information, mm -hmm. right? Getting science for the people so we can build understanding and write ourselves into the future, right? Write humans into the code essentially and to be good to the planet like i went to this last these last two conferences i went to it was super fun we're like having it was like the amazing amazing parties everybody was it was like you were in san francisco in 98 you know or 99 mm. right before the big blow up everyone's so excited the technology is is obviously proven um but i didn't see one mention of the word science and i didn't see one mention of the word education mm. you know it's all it's all it was sports casino gambling um pay to earn games play to earn Hmm. Um, what yeah, did that so, what did that say to you chris if i can what did i got i almost wanted to stand up and just yell d side like I'm, I'm gonna do that at the next conference man if there's not the word science up there i'm gonna yell d side you know hmm. so we're trying to create decentralized science right because DeFi, if you've if you're in the crypto world at all which you will be soon you will be soon okay uh, DeFi, they talk yeah. about <laughs> just wait uh so DeFi is what everybody's talking about decentralized finance um, and that's really, that's been the huge buzzword now, yeah. uh, but no one's even heard of DSI, right. Um, in the crypto world because it doesn't exist because they don't give a shit. You know, they're just like doing the same thing we've always done. We're going to optimize for profit. You know, we're not going to consider the planet. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I mean, they mention it, they talk about ec ecolo ecological things, you know, and, but yeah, anyway, that's the whole project is to start. And I think we can leverage this whole decentralized movement, leverage the technology, create a community focused on getting the, the truth, right, through evidence, scientific evidence. Um, and we can't, it can't be censored, right, because if, if it's decentralized, it can't be censored. And anyone on the globe with an internet connection can participate. You know, if you can get to an internet connection, you can create a wallet. And now you can purchase, if you can get money into the crypto system, now you can purchase um, an NFT, you can participate, you can join, and that money will be used to find evidence. 
And if that asset, if that NFT goes up in value, then you can sell it for a profit. Mm -hmm. So, and the number one thing they're looking for in a uh, successful project, the investors, the NFT investors, the, the traders is a strong community. Right, a community devoted to the mission really is what they're looking for. <laughs> that's the one thing they're looking for. So that's all we need is to create a strong community that's really just uh, there because the scientists are already there. You already have UAPX. You know, we have all these smart superstar scientists. What do they need? Funding, right? They can't get enough mm -hmm. money. Mm -hmm. There's just not enough funding anywhere um, to do it. So the point is bring them to the community, bring everybody to the community who wants it, and then now create the community of open source information and the NFT money will flow in. Like we will use the initial money to market into the NFT community. And if they see a strong community there, then it can easily work. It can easily work. I mean, there's just so much BS in the NFT space. That's why everyone thinks it's BS because there's so much bullshit. Like, um, mm. it, yeah, because you can just create a, a product immediately, you know, and right. there doesn't have to really be anything behind it. Most of these people aren't even doxxed. You know, they're not even online. Nobody knows who they are, you know? And they'll, so they just, cre you can create, just pop up, pop up things very easily, quickly, mm. um, and then just run and nobody knows who you really are. Um, so, but we're coming out the date, like here we are, <laughs> right? Here's the people, mm -hmm. you know, just bring the money and we can decentralize it and uh, for science. So we'll basically, we're going to launch this very soon. Um, and so it's going to be on the Discord. It's going to be started on the Discord. Uh, that's where the community is going to be. And that's how we'll use that to communicate, um, to vote for. You can put science proposals up there. Like, mm. say you have some proposal um, for whatever you're going to do scientifically. And now you can put it up there and we can vote as a community. Mm. And with the funds now, you can use NFTs. We, we still need to establish this, but it's called, that is what a DAO is, a decentralized autonomous organization. Use these NFTs to invest the funds. Hmm. Um, so basically that's how it is okay yeah here's the question is what is the best place to invest money right now if you want to take part in uh getting evidence for uaps or finding the truth what, what's your best avenue yeah i mean i would i guess without knowing a lot about what you just talked about i would say either uapx or galileo right it's yeah but how do you give it to them i guess you could fund uapx Right. I, that's a good question. I mean, I guess you could cut them a check and just hope that they use the funds wisely. Right. That's yeah. Yeah. But then you don't you don't have any say really in how it's even executed. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, because then the, they have to sign NDA agreements. Right. Because maybe they're, they're not funded correctly. You know, so then you you wait. But in this instance, you can invest right into an NFT. Fifty percent of the funds will automatically go or it's the max we can possibly do. Right. I still need to incentivize people to want to <laughs> go for profit, you know, sure. because if, it has to be profitable. If it's not profitable, it's not going to happen. Right. right. You know, that's the problem, because like our, our science funding right now, the the universities are going under essentially because they're a for profit. Right. But the science is not mm. the science is not for profit. The only ones like funding the science is your, your like fossil fuel companies and your weapons manufacturers. Right. You know. So this would be a way to put the money in and it's open source. So you can see what the projects are funded um, mm. because it's, it's in the end, it, it should be decentralized. So right. Chris, the, the issue with the, the, um, the NFT cash in and the guy for, that was on profiled on net, Netflix who died in India, that was like an intermediary company, right? Where you would use him to, to cash out. Is that what that was? Are you familiar with that documentary? Is anyone I'm here not, familiar with yeah, that? Yeah, I don't know. I've not seen it, no. 
Yeah, it's it's very recent, but it's a young man who had a company, and and I'll have to I would have to Google it while while somebody's talking. Uh, but basically, it was a company that was uh, allowing you like uh, there was a guy in San Francisco he needed to cash out like four hundred k worth of uh, worth of his uh, Bitcoin, and it ended up that that guy took the money, but then. Uh, went was gone and and nothing happened he never got his money that guy ended up going on a trip to india and and um uh sadly tragically uh maybe not for some of the people he built but he died uh while he was in india and um so anyway i just uh i didn't know if that's like the cash out services you know is is, is that a thing like are you aware of cash out services I how you transfer your money into actual cash I mean, I think that's probably that's the hardest part right now is once your money is into the system, we call it it's called fiat, right? Once your fiat is turned into crypto, now it's super liquid. You can move it around. You can do whatever you want with it in, in just a few minutes, you know, really. Um, it, it, yeah. And so but the problem is if it's if you want to use it in the real world until there's crypto services that accept crypto, right? I think, you know, Tesla said they were going to accept Bitcoin last year and that kind of went everything up in a, in a tizzy, right? Mm -hmm. um, because then they would be able to pay direct uh, from crypto to crypto and not having to go into fiat. Right. Um, because that's where the government, since they're behind the ball, right? They taxed us all for crypto last year, but they didn't provide any security, <laughs> right? We still get scammed all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, or did, um, but they taxed us. Um, you know, the governments, they have their, they know all the fiat ways, you know, they, they, they know how the, the banks work. They know how to track you down, how to audit you and everything. Um, so that's really the sticking points where it's getting money into the system and getting money out of the system. Um, but if you're like out in the middle of Africa, just go with crypto, right. you know? You can accept crypto. Someone comes around. Here's some crypto. <laughs> you know, uh, right. as long as they accept it at the next next spot over, here's some Bitcoin. You, you know, that's why you, you wouldn't even need any governments at that point if you consider it. That's why that's what terrifies them. You know, is we're not needed. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, you still be needed to regulate it because at any point someone could just grab you, bring you over to the to the console or whatever, and steal all your money. You know, just hey, send this to me. Um, I mean, we st so we still need governments. Um, it's just they're gonna they're, it's gonna be very uncomfortable for them not telling us exactly how to control all the money, or, or at least at least right now they haven't built in the hooks. Mm -hmm. Central bank, World Bank type stuff, right? Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, that's XRP. Uh, I met those guys at the at the conference. It's, they're doing all the underlying um, super low cost transaction stuff. Mm -hmm. You know this. Yeah, they, so they're doing that behind the scenes, and they're and they're really just delaying everything else. Um, so if it was hard for you to get, at, you know, buy crypto, it's probably because the governments were just trying to slow it down, because they're they're just I guess slower, lazier. I don't know what it is. They know they are governments, so they can move slower and just tell us what not to do. Um, but that, that's XRP behind. I forget what they're called. It's some compliant hmm. PSS compliant or something. Hmm. Yeah. Well, well, we got to turn it over to Flair, and I have a feeling yep, that sir. he is going to do what aircraft can't do. He's going to make a 90-degree right-angle turn into <laughs> the phenomenon. I see people uh, getting zoning out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. I could talk about that stuff for a long time. Yeah. And, no, it's it's fascinating because you're on the front end of something, and, and we recognize that. <clears throat> awesome. Yeah. yeah, we need you guys in the community. That's it. I need you guys. If you guys all 
come together and put your money where your mouth is and your mouth where your money is, then we, we can't, it'll yeah. work. It'll work. And there's a chance if it works, it goes big. Like it will mm -hmm. go big. Like, you know, we want to sell it to you guys, to the, to the initial guys for 0.1 ETH. Um, it's pretty much the cheapest we can possibly make it. Uh, but if it, you know, it could easily go to one, two, 10 ETH even. Mm -hmm. um, Exciting. Yeah. If it does, it'd be awesome. So then everybody would be very happy and everybody would be very happy. Mm -hmm. Cool. That's it. Sorry. You're on restriction <laughs> now, Lato. No more NFT. Put him in timeout. No more pitching. Right? We're sending no, you're, you're back to, to be talking. Bro. We're sending you. We're sending you over to the command post, and you're going to be there for the next week. You're off the flying schedule. I'm just kidding. Right. Go ahead, go ahead, Kev. You're grounded. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, that means something else for a pilot. Sorry. Yes, yeah, that's a bad thing. That's a bad. Yeah, thing. I won't say that. You're not grounded. You're just going to work in the command post. Right. It does hurt. Right. I felt a little twinge. <laughs> I saw that on your face. You're like, oh, you're still you're still a Q1, Lato. That's all I get to say on your check ride. Go ahead. Well, thank you for your service, Chris. How's that? Yeah, cool. welcome. Yeah. Also, also, DJ, I wanted to thank you. And actually, while I'm doing that, thank my dad. He was a Vietnam veteran. Thank you, Dad. Nice. So that being said, Chris Lato, hey, we're talking about community stuff anyway, so I have a question that, you know, it, it, it will fit in. So um, on the, onto the community part. So we have a lot of a lot of different camps in the community. I noticed they break yeah. up and, you know, you've got your, you've got your um, people, the intergalactic travel people, you know, you've got your, uh, your consciousness people, and even um, the people going to the disclosure symposium. It's kind of, it, it may become, I'm worried it may become that camp. So what are, what are some of ide the ideas for you guys to maybe bring this topic to the mainstream instead of, you know, kind of, keeping it small like what are your plans to uh bring to it out there i mean yeah we've got the thing is we've got tiktok we've got so many different outlets now and uh, there's a whole yeah. young generation of people watching this stuff that we need to bring into this topic so yeah what what, what are some of the ideas you guys have um yeah so we're driving to the the Discord, right? Uh, so yeah. here's, here's an idea. Um, I was thinking about uh, we, there's a game that we invented uh, two weeks ago with the little blockchain group. I, I think I, I made it, but it, I made it from a, a study by Raiden, Dr. Uh, Dean Raiden. He's from the Ionic Science Institute, Institute of Ionic Sciences. That's a perfect name, by the way, for that sort of vocation. What noetic sciences? Yeah, it was started by Edward Mitchell, right? That's right. Institute of Noetic Science. Yep. Institute of Noetic Science. Yeah, interesting. I looked it up. Started by him. Interesting. So Raiden, talking about consciousness, he did a study on the double slit, etc. But he also mentioned that there was another study they did that I call it the Who's Calling. Uh, study or who's going to text me next, right? So how it will work is, and we sit and we're creating it hopefully on the Discord, but I want to make some other apps. Um, is basically like I'm, say I'm the contestant, okay? So I'm isolated from you guys, mm -hmm. um, and there's the four of you that I consider myself possibility to be psychic with, right? I think me and DJ for sure, Nathan probably just for through our Bernardo Castro kind of uh, mental linkage. Yeah. Um, but probably harder with Kevin and Deb, right? Because I don't really know him. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, <laughs> but, See how but, it may, is. but who knows? And so what, what happens is, is we do a random number generator, mm-hmm. right? And you guys basically pick a number, you're one, two, three, four. You call, you talk into Google, hey, pick a number one through four. And now the number has been selected, the person. So let's say it's DJ, right? Now I have to envision who's going to call me. So you guys all know, DJ, you get in your mind like you're going to call me or text me. And then mm-hmm. I and then I select a number, right? Who I think is actually going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the number should be like 25% if we get enough statistical analysis, right? If we do over 30 uh, events, the number should be 25% based on there not being actual telekinetic possibilities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, according to Raiden, it's actually... 45% is what they found. So if we wow. can do what I was thinking is like a tick, I'm trying to spread it on a TikTok. That was one idea was yeah. to do like a TikTok viral meme game like that. Um, that's fun to do and shows people that there's more to, it's like a simple experiment. Um, and if you prove that, if you can prove actually statistically that <laughs> you, you can be telepathic with someone that mm-hmm. pretty much, you know, answers a lot of questions that we it's have. It's a big deal. Yeah. Then it goes to, you know, remote viewing is possible. Um, yeah. And it, why don't we use it for, for good and for fun and do science on it, you know? And then so that the Discord, they're trying to do it now. My uh, French buddy's trying to uh, build this on the Discord, uh, this game, you know? And so we have people come in, you go in there, you can do some little little game like that. And then we would hopefully record the data. Um, that's one idea. Cool. Cool. Yeah. All right, long, Chris. Boring, I, guess. You, I mean, you know, work on that pitch. No, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kev. Did you have a follow up? Um, uh, not really. I mean, unless you guys were going to all start posting, you know, karaoke videos. I mean, <laughs> that's what that generation of TikTok's doing. You know, you could do that. I mean, would you be willing to do that with Lou? <laughs> yeah, would you and Lou uh, be uh, Chris, willing to do a sing a song or? Yeah, that's that's my question, really. I can't sing Chris, at all. I can play. But you don't guitar. have to. You just you just move your mouth. Yeah. You know? Wait, you missed it. He plays guitar, Kev. What's up, man? Kev's oh, a musician. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. You're a musician. Yeah. I'll cover for you, bro. Cover for you. That's a, hopefully you're good. That would help. <laughs> it's called auto tune. Hey, Chris, I have a question for you, but I need to wait because somebody else who like you isn't doing anything, isn't putting any effort into anything. Deb, and by that I mean you guys are putting an incredible amount of work in. Um, Deb would like to speak with you. Okay. Hi, Chris. Um, so I caught that you were interested in crop circles and recently Frank Milborn mentioned that crop circles may have something to do with ether or the waves, um, above the earth. And I was wondering what your thoughts were Mm -hmm. on that. He suspected they were being formed by UAPs getting close to the planet and taking energy from the planet. Taking energy. Uh, cool. Um, what's his name? Frank Melbourne? Does he have... Frank Milburn yes. is F-A-R-N-C as opposed to K. Okay. And M-I-L-B-U-R-N. He's a former British intel officer. And before that, he's a British paratrooper. paratrooper cool. Infantry. He wrote that BESA article that was about the task force. It's really in detail. Cool. Um, yeah, to be honest, uh, my friend here, he's been telling me to look at crop circles for a while. Um, and yeah, I guess what kind of, I veered me off was I was, I interviewed Nick Pope 
because there was crop, crop circles in there and he was vehemently, you know, he, th he thought it was just a hoax, you know, um, that was kind of his argument. And I figured he knew a lot. So I guess uh, I just took a back seat. And then I had a patron basically is like, hey, man, what about that? You said you're going to look at crop circles. And then my buddy. Um, yeah, you can, interesting to me is how it like mats down. You know, if you can look at how the how the grass is affected. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'd have to look at ways that it can be matted together. It's well, difficult, I mean, though. Yeah, do it. Are there videos of them forming? Like, that would be yes. cool. Um, well, so, there so is. I guess, I guess my question is specifically, what do you think of the possibility of it having to do with the Earth's energy? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I could easily see that. I have no idea, you know? I mean, why would it make, like, this fancy design, though? It just, you know... It, I guess that's what's weird to me. I guess some people argue that the ones that are faked are the fancy designs and the really simple ones are like that energy pool. It's like an energy pool and it just, it goes in some spectrum of frequency that like affects the biologically, biological plants. Yeah. I've heard where they also, idea. where they break at 90 degree angles is something like when matted down is something obviously you could do with, you know, a mechanical thing. You can take a piece of wood or something. You know, they've shown videos of how people do it. But when some of these stems are broken at a 90 degree angle, that's something that's very difficult to do with uh, with a plant that's live, you know, and flexible. Uh, that's It's the breaking that was cool. Mm. So I, don't, I haven't looked into it, so I really don't know anything about crop circles. I don't know if anybody else on the on uh, on the team it's has. cool though it's it's good i've been getting um in emails and then uh been getting leads but uh, so i looked into it a few weeks ago a few months maybe and i found a group in the uk but unfortunately the main woman who ran everything had died so she passed away so um yeah another dead end mm. unfortunately that was a bad uh, um chris the um you, you, you've consumed a lot. That that uh, discussion you had with Tony and Lou, I've told you ad nauseum on several voice messages I sent you. What an amazing conversation and how thought-provoking that was. Um, and you you brought as much to that table uh, as anybody in that discussion uh, because you, you've really... Um, you know, like I, I talked at the beginning, you know, I said, you know, you're a brother in aviation in the Air Force and in, and in open-minded thought. And you really are not like uh, just looking at this from a military guy perspective. And I think everybody out there, if you're thinking about having Chris on your show, should know that, that you're thinking about the universe and analyzing it and, and reading things like you read Alexi's book from many different perspectives to try to get a handle on this. Is there something that you that after each one of these shows that you're on, you see something that people are missing? Have you seen something that's been missed that people aren't talking about? Relative to the phenomenon, the origin, if you will. I don't I don't know. I mean, there's there's so many wild theories. You know, and and I think the truth is probably going to be just as wild. So which wild story you're going to go with, <laughs> you know, like, uh, <laughs> uh, 
Well, some of them yeah. aren't, though. Like the fact of, of one penetrating uh, our atmosphere coming from outside of our orbit coming in is something that people have been thinking about for 70 years. But now when you talk about, wow, there could be a base underwater, there could be a dimension where they just sort of appear um, through it through a hole. Um, I recently heard about a, a guy that was talking about that, that it looked like a slice in the sky opened up and it and it popped through there or something. So um, is there one of those that, that sort of makes you go, hmm, does DNA really is something that you think about that maybe it's some of them are us? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think about all that stuff. <laughs> it was, I think about a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, and I guess, and Nathan got me started on that uh, with the. Uh, Sorry about that. Yeah, the <laughs> a- analytic idealism. You know, that's pretty amazing too. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then you hear cr- just crazy story. Yeah, there's so many stories about shared consciousness. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard that several times lately. Um, it's usually like someone is under some, uh, it was LSD were the last two people that told me in, in confidence, um, that they had shared knowledge, conscious consciousness with the person with them. Mm-hmm. And one of them had a time loop. They said it was a three minute time loop that they were both in and they did it like, <laughs> I don't know how many thousands of times they said, wow. Uh, well, we've talked yeah. about that on other shows. That's the cloud between Max and Sophia, the, the David Hansen robots. So it's instantaneous. If they're both turned on and they're both connected to the cloud, when Sophia is, is at a symposium interacting with a human and they tell her something, if Max is turned on, he already knows it. Or as soon as he's turned on, he downloads it from their cloud. It's a shared, shared cloud memory. Yes, that's David Hansen's thing, man. It's so freaky. If you ever see like the 60 Minutes piece or the YouTube piece about David Hansen, who uh, Hansen Robotics has moved to Hong Kong, and he has like a little humanoid that looks like a child playing a piano in his apartment in Hong Kong. And he's like, oh, this is our daughter, and it'll totally freak you out. Totally freak you out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's really, really weird, man. So. Anyway, I didn't mean to shut down the panel. <laughs> no, I, I mean, well, I mean, you're making me. Th- I, I want right, to go a couple it. different directions here. So, Chris, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask two questions, but the first yeah. one is a lot shorter. So, sure. and I, um, you've spent a lot of time looking at the three videos and talking about them. You're probably tired yeah. of that. But a question that I had for you and, and DJ, you might want to weigh in on this as well. But my understanding with aviators is that um, when you're in in a very operation, there's an economy of language, right? There's kind of a a similar lexicon that you kind of learn and adopt because when you're communicating with each other, it needs to be concise. It needs to be accurate. Uh, you know, it doesn't need to be very fluffy. You know, you need to kind of very communicate quickly, right? Clear, concise, so, correct. Exactly. Thank you. That, those are the yeah. words. C3 so uh, three things that I'm not particularly known for, but with the gimbal yeah. video, uh, what I wanted to ask specifically about that, when the, when the person says it's rotating, okay. Is that a word that would be used to describe the behavior that is on that video? Because when I look at that, to me, it looks like a bank, not a not a rotation. Uh, and so I don't know if that, you know, maybe it's just mm-hmm. the lexicon they use. They use that word to describe that kind of angular shift or whatever. But to me, it looks like a bank, not a spinning. 
which is what I think of when I think of ro rotation. So could when, he, when they're saying it's rotating, could it mean some other behavior that is not observed in the video? Uh, no, I think that's a common term for rotation. There's a translational line of sight and there's rotational line of sight. Hmm. So we talk about in those terms, you know, this is translational line of sight and then this is, ro you know, or rotational. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, rotation seems like a common term that we use in aviation, okay. I guess. Perfect. Not rotational well, line of sight, but sorry. And that—that I just always about that because you know, sort of in the lore of UFOs, rotation can be spinning as well, not just you know, sort of banking. But you've cleared I, that up for me, so I appreciate that. Yeah, DJ. Well, one thing, if you're looking at a 2D representation of it, and he is looking at it in a dynamic environment, in a 3D environment, and so what he's seeing is, first of all, it's not doesn't have wings, mm -hmm. so. But something that's wings that 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 you're in a you're at a six o'clock aspect and it yeah. banks you're like oh he's in a left bank mm. it, but well it, it's a strange so I guess let me be clear that um, it it's clear to me what he's saying mm -hmm. but he saying it's rotating is a weird word um, because uh, what he's saying to me is that it's rotating like this or like this mm -hmm. uh, whereas he would say it's turning it's banking it's climbing or descending. Uh, if it was a common term, I, so it's a, it's a common term that we use to describe mm -hmm. um, motion, right? So I I understand what he's saying to me that it's either it's rotating in some some axis, right? Mm -hmm. um, but using it in in that specific case is is weird. That's what I'm, he's, so he's saying to me it's weird and it's doing something I can't describe. So I'm saying rotating. So you think it it. Would it normally include an additional qualifier? In other words, like it's rotating left, it's rotating right, it's y no, axis, I'm, x axis. I mean, axis, it's. Um, like I understand what he's saying, mm -hmm. um, and he's saying it's 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 moving in a. He's using the word rotate, which is weird to me in that context, mm -hmm. because I understand what he's saying by rotate. I mean, is it's rotating? Uh, mm -hmm. We use that. That's a normal term. Uh, rotating about your axis, or mm -hmm. rotating vertically, or you know. Um, uh, yeah, so then it, it's a normal term, but using it in that instance is, is weird to me, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, okay. because yeah. there's no wing form, that's what makes, that's, I think, why he used rotating, because if he saw a wing form, and, and he, at, from a certain aspect, he'd say it's in a bank. But because he's not seeing a wing form, but he is seeing that there's, it's a flat, looks like a flat disc shape or something like that. I think that's mm -hmm. why he used the word rotation because um, we couldn't do that. If we had something like uh, with propellers on, on it, like, uh, like a drone, you wouldn't yeah. be able to make it go in like well, a 90 degree bank like that. And we should, I mean, I want to look at it. So I went in this series debate, went into its rotating glare, finally decided on, yeah, it's probably rotating based on the could be movements of the pod. At least I can't prove it isn't. Um, but again, this, this is kind of the debunking, which I think we should de be debunking these things, right? To, to poke for holes and make sure we get to the truth. Mm -hmm. um, but it should also be noted that um, Ryan Graves made this whole additional <laughs> presentation on it, right. saying that there was five, there was three other pilots there. They all saw it. He tracked their formations. Um, it, basically, the gimbal object stopped and then reversed course. Uh, and they found these five other objects flying in a V formation. You know, it's kind of like we, we don't talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, but that's actually pretty, 
pretty good. <laughs> you know, like it explains everything. Right. Uh, and now we're arguing about does it rotate or does it spin? It's like, well, right. what about the four guys that saw it flying and stopping in midair and reversing direction? You know, it's a uh, completely. I, I think it's we're kind of like getting distracted on this. That's uh, the video. idea. Um, that that's the idea of the yeah. Well, and just to get I would say look at Ryan Graves when he when he he made this whole presentation on it, which mm -hmm. he must have gotten approval from somebody. You know? um, he had to have been approved to release that information, and it's pretty good. It goes through exactly what they saw. They saw it, it's not just this one instance that he recorded. They recorded the video of. Um, so yeah, I think yeah that's it. Yeah, great points. <laughs> Let's look at the big picture. I guess. Yeah, no, and I agree, but it, it does sort of speak, though, to the the things that we as a society look at and say, this is more trustworthy than this. So in, in the past, I think we could say the four people who are experts at a thing saying it's doing a certain thing, we would put greater weight in that testimony than a video, right? But we, we've kind of, in some ways, yeah. transitioned to a time where it's like, no, 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 like, I don't... Like it's the death of expertise, right? I, I don't care about the experts. Uh, it's just what I'm looking at with my eyeballs. And I'm just feeling like that's not as, you know, I don't care what they said. It's what I'm looking at, you know? Yeah. It, it's what a video game creator can prove about a military system. Right. You know? Right. But that's ultimately should be about open source discussion. Um, but I think we could be discussing uh, that other section. You know, when the, when the gimbal object is flying in formation with these with these other, I think it was six objects, no, five objects in a V formation. You know, you think about the V formation. Uh, I talk to people all the time talking about orbs in a V formation, and you talk and you look at Phoenix lights uh, in a V formation. You know, so I'd say just, um, you know, don't I'm not engaging. Uh, you know, I'm listening to Mick West and the debunkers for their, for, you know, salient points. But we're just moving on. You go past. You go past. You know, and um, that's how we go mainstream. Kevin is, is uh, go past them. Don't get debunked down in this. Like we're just sitting in the you know the doldrums. You know, we want to we want to find evidence. Like let's get it. And uh, if if we're all adhering to the mission, like they can't stop. They can't stop everybody. You know. Yeah. I think that's how you go mainstream. It, Totally. Well, I'm going to save my second question to later, but I, I, it's going to be about the consciousness stuff. I want to get into that if we can. But Kevin, I want you to, to go next. So. All right. Well, you know, I think it's interesting what, what um, the public is now getting. Like we're getting a lot of stuff on the news. You know, you're seeing all this stuff about experiencers reporting physiological effects, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, the six observable, the stuff that was in the NDAA, you know, the physiological effects. And then you have the Havana syndrome stuff coming out. And I've, I've read stuff from, um, from Frank, actually, Frank Milburn, about the weaponized microwave emitters. So with that being said, with the weaponized, you know, I need your help with this as a chemist. Hmm. So would wearing a, a suit lined with popcorn seeds be a visible early warning system for, uh, you know, for the microwave weapons? You know, like, hey, my suit is popping. Um, it's time yeah. to take cover, bro. Or, hey, hey, it's popping. You know, maybe we should throw a blanket over that guy and get away or, you know, get some butter. Get the butter, yeah. You know, at least you have a snack yeah. while you wait for an ambulance. You know, I think it's it's a good it's, idea. This is more of a reason to keep one of those lead-lined blankets that they have in the x-ray labs in right. your car. So you should – I think we should all have one of those. That's a good right. idea. Chris, mm -hmm. pop – suit 
a suit filled with unpopped popcorn. Do you think that could be beneficial for those folks in Cuba that are dealing with these sonic attacks and so forth? Could be. Yeah, it seems like a great idea. All right. (laughs) I think so. All right. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) But I mean, but I will point out one thing, right? If it's hot enough to to pop the popcorn, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure you'll be burning well before that. You'll feel the heat. Oh, Chris, do you know at what frequency oh. popcorn pops? Huh? No. I didn't think Hot. so. Go ahead, Deb. Microwave. <laughs> okay. Better well, be a temperature. First of all, I love popcorn. Um, <laughs> second of all, I just wanted to comment that I watched your video about the range prowler debriefs that came out. And um, I was cool. really enjoying the fact that, A, there was another term for UAP is being used. Yay. Um, what was that it? I... I'm sorry. What was the term? the term? I'm sorry. Range prowlers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was asking, I was going to ask if you had taken a look at the NSAs and were considering to do the same thing for their documents, which are primarily radar um, reads. I didn't know about them. Um, yeah. That sounds like a good thing to do. Yeah, because for for anyone who hasn't looked, they do describe some things related to objects, but a lot of it is just about altitude and radar. Cool. So this is the, what is it, the NSA's? Yes, the NSA UFO documents. UFO documents. Okay, I'll try and get them. Um, Yeah, that's what on the Discord, if people share them on there, I get stuff like that. Uh, And it's 355 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, for popcorn? Yeah. Oh man. So yeah, that um, would be that would be a problem. Get uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, that could be a problem. Kev, it's a good thought, but uh, back he's to the drawing board. Yeah, it's heat. It's not. I'll a check specific... it out. Okay. Yeah, I'll um, check out the UFO document. Uh, <laughs> I I can send you a link. Yeah. <laughs> Dev's got a got a link for you. I do like it because um, well, the NSA. I wonder that'd be interesting to see. Yeah. I was thinking about the ballistic missile defense system or the anti-ballistic missile defense system. Uh, basically, that's what they were picking up the Tic Tacs with. So before the Nimitz, you know, before the Nimitz engagement, they were seeing these coming from space, these contacts, 15 to 20 contacts. Where'd you get that from? Because I'm interested in that. Where did you Yeah, get that's that? Kevin Day. Uh, okay. He says it and it's in uh, uh, Canu- Kevin Knuth's. Mm-hmm. Right up on it, he gives the data on it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, we fo- we keep focusing on does it accelerate at an accelerated speed? You know, uh, in this video, um, well, did it come down from space in groups of 15 to 20? You know, that's more important, I think. I would say um, so. So 15 to 20, yeah. Basically, they were picking them up from the ballistic missile defense system or anti anti ballistic missile defense system, uh, and you know, what are these things? And then they would go to, and then when they get below 80,000 feet then the spy one radar would see it mm-hmm. and they were picking uh, again, 15, 20 contacts going to 28,000 feet and just like mm-hmm. doing this weird, like along the, along a latitude line, you were asking about uh, Deb, you were asking about the crop circles and energy. Um, yep. It's kind of interesting to me that the, that the Tic Tacs are at 28,000 feet and then they just flow in the slow track South, you know, almost like they're mm-hmm. like charging up or something, you know, or it just seems weird to me in relation to the earth. And then they go down to like um, the sea level, right above fifty feet, and then they go up and they go down. Maybe they go down another level or something. You know, 
yeah, it's this kind of weird uh, levels. You know, what's up with the level? Uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting what, to me. What's up with the burbling water as as they were floating above the water? What was going on? Yes, there? I mean that's exactly. Something that we can't. We don't know. Yeah, it'd be interesting to think about those things, you know, rather than kind of hone in all these these little minute uh, did it or did not. Oh, I yeah, I mean, I've I've I'm, we're way past. It's like Lou says when you know whether or not the phenomenon exists, we're way past that. Those guys yeah. talking about is it real? Is it not? Did it have? I'm not even. I don't have you know time to or energy to put into that. Uh, to what yeah. they say about that, I'm more interested in what is it doing. Uh, what? How is it interacting with the water? Is that an extraction of energy? Is that an exchange of 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 information or data, uh, mm. or uh, uh, via connection with some sort of a a vessel that was under the water that that they controlled? I'm, you know, uh, why are they in formation? What does that mean? I mean, obviously mm. they're surveilling us. I would think, just being there is surveillance. But what for? What? data are they gathering are they watching uh the are they looking at the emitters that happen as a um that's resultant of nuclear power on these ships hmm. you know there's there's certain you know uh uh energy and frequencies that are created by a nuclear reactor and maybe they're 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 uh, receiving those uh i don't want to say signals but they're receiving those freaks and saying okay yeah they're just doing x and not what? y What's up with all the hotspots, though? You know, you see like uh, Skinwalker Ranch. You, you know, you got the Vernal area, Vernal or the Uinta Basin. Mm -hmm. You know, you have um, L.A. That uh, could be it's just over there by the water. Uh, but uh, Arizona, you know, everybody talks about. Th there seems to be like these areas. Uh, U.K. seems to have a lot of it. You know, is it to certain areas like? drawn into the ground you know if you look at why why did people build, build pyramids mm -hmm. you know now uh lex is all about pyramids man hmm. i don't know we're gonna we're maybe have to go to egypt or something <laughs> it's like indiana jones dude nice. i was like i'm gonna retire to being a fighter pilot man it's just too stressful to spend time with my family <laughs> you gotta get the hat, like though. all right man we need you to go into this pyramid uh <laughs> i was oh, just man. studying a little bit about that last night about giza and and uh, the Grand Pyramid and all that is fat. It's endlessly fascinating. Yeah, why is there all pyramids all around? You know, I mean, the Mayans weren't in contact with the, you know, the Egyptian. I think they're separated by a few thousand years. But yeah, so what is with the pyramids? What's with the local localities? That's kind of interesting to me as well. Um, Let's go around the panel with both those questions: the hot spots and the pyramids. Let's go ahead, Nathan. Yeah. Uh... Well, there's, I mean, the earth, like the magnetic, uh, the iron rich core or whatever, obviously there's something going on with the earth and it's magnetic, uh, not only internally, but the fields that it creates around it. Right. There's, so there's some sort of field effects that, you know, impact the atmosphere and things like that. I don't know. Maybe there's some kind of ability to harness that or channel that, or it's attract, it's attractive for some reason. Um, I, it's, I don't really know. I mean, that that's, that's you know, to me, like that's the, why we need this funding. Why we need this you know, the, hmm. to do do the science. I think the scientific community kind of is going to look at that and go, "What's the point of of looking at this? You know, what, why would we spend time investigating it?" But these are the sort of like questions that I think would be worth exploring more. 
Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't have an answer to that, but it's, there, there clearly are anomalies within our atmosphere and our, and within, within our core itself. Like they just recently talked about, there was mm-hmm. some sort of massive, uh, I forget how they quantified it, but it, it's like a, it's an, it's a differentiation in the core of the earth. And, and the surface of the earth is just so small compared to like everything that's inside of it. I'm not trying to get fantastical. It's just it's like, true. Right. just a fact, you know, there's just a ton of there's stuff a lot of mass and inside matter. the yeah. planet, you know, way more than yeah. it is on the outside. So I, I don't know. And, and we just did, I did a, I helped my daughter with a seventh grade science experiment, right? Mm. Where she had to build the, the earth again mm. and it hasn't changed, right? It's still like, mm. it's just the, <laughs> this ball, right? It's like the core. Yep. And then there's like thousands and thousands of miles, right? And then it's like, oh, this is the mantle, mm-hmm. you know? Or, uh, and then it's like, okay, the crust. Like it has, we haven't even like. Well, we can't we even drill below a certain level, you know? Like it's difficult for us. Everything that we're, we can surmise about the interior of our planet is really <laughs> yeah. just through like seismic waves and, you know, all these kind of different technologies that we secondhand observe what's going on there. Or we can't firsthand observe it. Yeah, and before I, I, uh, I mean, obviously the government thought it was interesting enough to spend multi-million dollars uh, and give Bob Bigelow a contract and purchase that, uh, or actually they purchased the property and then they sold it to uh, Bigelow. Um, so obviously there was something there that they thought was compelling. They sent a number of different uh, types of experts out there. Uh, so there's definitely something there, Nathan. Uh, what's your take, uh, Kev, on hotspots and um and uh, what was the other one, Nathan? The Earth's the, uh, uh, the pyramids. pyramids. Yeah, the, the yeah. reason, the purpose that those particular oh, structures man. have been built. So the purpose of the pyramids, I mean, the, the, the archaeologists are telling us that the purpose of it were tombs. Yet, um, if you look at their actual tombs, they have writings, they have carvings, they have memorials. But in the pyramids, the walls don't have any of those things. So there's, I think there is a definite function. I don't know what that was. Also, beneath the pyramids, supposedly, there are still tunnels and supposedly um, the tunnels that connect to the other pyramids and all, all kinds of stuff going on. Also, what um, needs to be looked at is the construction. I think that's mm-hmm. more important. How was it Absolutely. built? How did they have the technology? I mean, you look at Baalbek, um, you've got 1,500 ton blocks. How are those moved? Those are the foundation stones. Those are the things that um, really get me. Um, as far as the function of it, I I could say I don't know, and I can say probably our historians don't know either. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your opinion on on the pyramids uh, we're, or, we're or get, ancient we're structures? Get, yeah, we're gonna get back to Chris. I want to get Deb okay. in here because she had something, uh, and I just want to say, I mean, obviously. Uh, we spoke about the Masonic Order a couple of weeks ago with John. You know, the Washington mm. Monument has a, a pyramid on top of it. It's a mm. significant structure in, in the, the Masonic Order. Our money has a pyramid with the eyeball <laughs> in it as well. Yeah, what's up with and, it? and then, so I just want to throw that out there just for food for thought. Debs. Okay, so I'm going to propose a different idea with pyramids. Please. So I do think there was a spiritual connection, and they were kind of doing a message with the different sides, like each side might have represented something. But to me, it could be an antenna. You know, they were literally trying to project something into the sky. 
Um, so that's the impression that I get from pyramids. And I've actually been to them. So that's kind of cool that I can comment on them now. But um, I also wanted to comment on the hot spots. A lot of hot spots are actually areas with nuclear fallout. Um, not not just areas that have magnetic connections, but like people talk about Skinwalker, that whole area got fallout because they were close enough to the the triangle of uh, testing. Oh, to mm. like New Mexico. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's why I think there's also still radiation on the ranch. Okay, that's, that's mm. a good one. Uh, Chris, your take. The, I I'm going with Debs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> NFTs and DO double G. Well, I have heard it's interesting. Yeah, that they can align amazing with the stars. That was always so cool to me. Yeah, that, uh, Cyrus. Yeah. That and that seemed to line up with like the Mayans. They they had their pyramids were somehow lined up, pointed at certain star systems. Um, that seems pretty cool to me. You know, maybe it like aligns every 2,168 years or something, you know? And if you're in that pyramid, like this beam of light, laser light comes out. I don't know. I mean, who knows, man? Well, to UFOs also, are real. Chris, if, if they align the, the, the corners of those the pyramid to the cardinal directions and yet compasses weren't invented yet. So yeah. it's not magnetic north, right? But it's north. And they're off by... I, a couple of degrees. I can't it's remember. Like a couple one of sixteenth or something. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. Um, yeah. So that's one of the construction methods, the mm -hmm. magnetics. Yeah. They, they did it. They somehow figured out, you know, north, south, east, west and aligned the triangle that way. Yet they did it without uh, having the benefit of a compass that we know of, that we know it, of. Cause the sun, it would be cool if it was a, an antenna. That sounds cool. Or some sort of transmitter. Or receiver. You know? What if it was a receiver? Yeah. Well, a transmitter yeah. is usually a receiver, I think. Or, mm -hmm. you know. Um, it isn't radar. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Like an amplifier. Yeah. Yeah, it's an amplifier. There you go. It's not the receiver or the transmitter. It's an amplifier. So it's like a scalar wave. That's Alexei's kind of thing. Is that um, the magic box? Have you heard of this? Mm -mm. The magic square. Uh, it's a magic square. Do you imagine like a Sudoku of four lines and four lines, uh, you know, um, and each row adds up to the same number all the way around. Does that make sense? Called mm -hmm. the magic square is 34. It's like sacred uh, geometry. Yeah. So the magic square, if, if you do it this certain way, 34, 34, 34 is all the way around. And then inside of each every each side of each 25% uh, of it is adds up to, I don't know, the same or something. It's mm -hmm. like a super symmetrical, basically mm -hmm. called the magic square. Um, well, it kind of gives you a way to do a scalar um, spin up if you follow it. Cause it'll be like number one. Cause it, sorry. Yeah. Number one, if you go one, two, three, four, five, uh, all the way around, it makes a scalar wave. And so that is what, um, Alexei is, I think. Yeah. Is basically if we can, if you can get the right ratio, which I think is one to four, you can, you know, basically create an interdimensional telescope or something. Oh. <laughs> kind of the idea. Is that what he's doing? Is that what his angle of, of uh, your partnership? I don't know. He said he, we need to talk about pyramids. That's the way. <laughs> At the okay. end, it's like, we got to go. 
No, our partnership is about going to space and mm -hmm. NFTs and doing cool stuff like that. That's all we're working on. Going yeah. to space. Yes. So he's on the NFT project as well. So if our plans go right, you'll see him on. Uh, you'll see him at UFO Disclosure. Sorry, sorry, the other way. Tell us about uh, it. Uh, yes. Tell tell Let's us about it. him a little bit. Alexei or mm -hmm. yeah, Alexei is awesome, man. He's um, he basically has a physics background, and then he kind of uh, I don't know, went off into the woods and meditated for I don't know how many months, years. Uh, now he's back, <laughs> and so but he had a lot of delusions. The Henry yeah, David man. Thoreau of physics. Okay, he's a deep dude, man. Yeah, exactly. So you uh, basically get, you know, he's able to meditate super well and he can communicate with known things. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I don't know. He, I like talking to him. I like his energy. I like he's interested in, um, he has ambitious goals to uh, help humanity. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, I, I, I respect that, you know, and yeah, plus he's done. And he's done a lot of cool stuff. So, and he opened my mind to a lot of things, you know, about, uh, he, his basic argument is that we're, you could argue we're inside of a black hole. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're just orbiting at different, at different ranges from the, from the center. Right. And your frequency is, um, related to, uh, your, uh, wavelength. Right. Mm. So we're all at the same basic wavelength, which is about the speed of light. That's, that's what our acceleration is towards time. So he says, basically, everybody's accelerating towards the center of the black hole at the speed of light. So we're all orbiting the same. We come into synchronicities together, and that's how we can manifest and um, interact with each other. And, and how big is our solar system in, re in relation to the size of the black hole that we're in, in his estimation? I, I think it's all, um, basically, it says we're all kind of the same in the same space kind of mm -hmm. is what I understand is that you can affect everything affects everything else at an infinite distance. It's just very small, far away, but still affects it. So that supports that theory that, uh, that UFOs turned up when there was uh, a nuclear explosion testing in New Mexico that got their attention because though they may have been at an infinite distance away, they were aware there was that sort of, tremor in the force to use a star warsism yeah that so would basically a, yeah that makes sense um basically we're all a lot closer than you think everything is a lot closer than you think it's just in a different dimension and that's hmm. my argument it's a size dimension based on um orbiting inside of a black hole <laughs> that's just why yeah that's his i don't i don't you know i don't know the black hole thing that's his uh, mine is we're just inside of, uh, you can see the dimensions, right? We can see smaller dimensions of life and we can see, I argue we can see larger dimensions of life. We just assume it's, it's dark matter. What, what larger dimensions of life are you referring to? Um, the, the easiest one to see is, uh, the nation, I think is probably the easiest or corporations. So the humans, basically we organize into small groups. If mm -hmm. you can imagine back when we were tribes, it's like a little amoeba. And, and that basically is that whatever you want to call that superorganism or next dimension of life, I call it, uh, has organized now into what we see is modern nations, cities, corporations, groups, <laughs> you know. Um, 
so that's the easiest, I think, larger dimension of life is like uh, the nation you're in. You know, you're born in it, you die, you get a social security number, you have to go to school to fill certain roles in the society, right? Just like your, your cells, you know, it, it, unfortunately, if you end up in your digestive system, you're only going to live like four days, right? You're out in the front lines. <laughs> uh, if you're a neuron, man, you're up in the top, you're that 1%, you live forever, mm. right? Until the whole <laughs> organism dies, you know? Um, and I think the problem is that the organisms above us don't realize that, that, that we're here or they get, they don't give a shit. Um, yeah, they're not sentient. They have small neural networks. So that's, that's what I think. I think it keeps going as well. So when you asked about DNA, different levels, um, yeah, I think likely we are surrounded by probably billions or trillions of other seed worlds like our own, you know, normally when we find out stuff, the numbers just mind blowing. Right. And we just can't believe it. So I think we're going to look around and be like, oh, there's another solar system over there, you know, and there's another solar. Like, that's what always happens. <laughs> and then we're like, and we're like, let's go there. You know, we go and we find ourselves and we're like, no shit. You know, like it's the same thing. You're, you're, you're here too. How did you get here? And like, we came, you know, back in the whatever, when we were dinosaurs. First dark age, right. Yeah. The first dark age, you know, or yeah, if it's humans again. Um, so uh, yeah, I think it's usually much bigger than we can imagine. And mm -hmm. We don't, we're not the center. Uh, that would be my guess. And so I think right now, if you're just inside of a large organism, you're forced to do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I see the similarities with YouTube as well. It's an amazing similarity with the brain. Um, if you look in your brain, actually, uh, your neurons are tiny little processors. So they, they're thresholds, right? So um, they process the information. Whereas if you're just sending information, it's communication, right? So you have two types of kind of communication kind of information of um, sending it communication wise, right? You don't have to change it. You can just send it. Um, but if you're going to change it now, you're going to process it. So that's what your brain actually does. Your little neurons, right? They, they reach through the neural network as it comes up, it reaches a threshold and then it passes it on to the rest of the network. Um, but if you look at me, like as a YouTuber and you guys as also YouTubers, I receive information, right? I just receive it. And then I process it and using my neural network systems. Right. And then I disperse it back out in the network. Right. And mm -hmm. like, as I get more, you know, if I get more subs, right. Now I'm like higher up in the network, you know, but if you imagine <laughs> it's like this, um, there's, you can see a neural network forming. Um, and I think it's, yeah, I think it's awesome. I think that will mm -hmm. be the next dimensional you know, I, level. I could bounce this again. I'm, I'm going to want to talk about simulation theory relative to this, but I got to pass it over <laughs> to my brother, money, Nathan. <laughs> There's so many directions I want to take this conversation, um, but I'm going to go back to the consciousness one. That's one I want you touched on earlier. And since we are both fans of Bernardo Castro, maybe we can uh, touch on that a little bit. So um, for those who are not familiar with that, the idea, right, we have kind of two main, just going to set this up real quick, that there are two main sort of metaphysical concepts. There's materialism, which is the one that we all are the most familiar with. Uh, the world reality is comprised of matter. Uh, we can reduce that all the way down to the tiny little uh, sort of things that you know, quarks and whatever things that we, our physics say exist. Uh, and consciousness comes out of interactions that occur between amongst uh, sort of aggregating bits of matter. We don't quite know how it works, but that's the general concept. You know, brains create our consciousness. Uh, idealism is the sort of a different way of looking at this issue. It's saying that uh, we don't have 
uh, direct experience of matter. All we have is our experience itself. And experience is thus the foundation of what all there really is. Matter is really just a uh, kind of a projection of mind. It's not uh, It's not a real thing. It's something that we, uh, just by being thinking things, uh, sort of manifest in a way. But it, it, it's... Um, it's a different way of uh, thinking about the UFO and and not, I think not just the UFO problem, but a, but of sort of what we hear and sort of consciousness re- research itself. And I don't know to what degree you've looked at uh, things like uh, the life after death kinds of studies or the things that um, the, the Bigelow Institute for Consciousness Studies. So the winner of that contest, if you haven't read it, I would encourage everybody to take a look at it, uh, was is Dr. Jeffrey Mishlove. He wrote a 100-page PDF. It's free. It's got a ton of videos on it. But what he basically does is he goes through all of the sort of evidence for the survival of consciousness after death. And honestly, to me, that evidence is more compelling Mm -hmm. than the UFO evidence. And so what idealists, I think, are going to do is they're going to take this notion of consciousness being fundamental, and they're going to map onto all of these different things, paranormal, paranormality, high strangeness, survival of consciousness, UFOs, and say, look, it's all coming from mind, right? It's all stemming from, from mind. I know you've gotten into this recently and, uh, you know, kind of pursuing it. And have you, do you feel like it meshes well with, with the concept you just talked about, this sort of larger organism, this kind of layering up uh, sort of notion? Do you think that these things do work well together? I do. Well, I don't. I've been trying to find any um, any things that don't work, you know, um, mm. and things that do work, obviously. But really, to to shoot a theory down is, you know, things that don't work. Obvious things that don't work. Um, and when I analyzed analytic idealism, um, I, so I basically I took it as they're kind of opposites. Mm-hmm. You know, materialism is the material world are the things that work our biological machinery ultimately creates the experience that we're undergoing. Right. That's kind of what I understand. And then what I understood from idealism is it goes the other way. Mm-hmm. Is it actually some extra, extra force, some extra, some extra thing, extra physical um, is actually what's driving the bottom and driving all the physics and everything. So I think of them kind of as two as opposing really opposite <laughs> argument. I don't think you can believe one and, and believe the other, Right. you know, so they're mutually exclusive, um, but I do think that the it, the scales are so mind-boggling. You know, when you just consider looking down, how how many cells you make you up is <laughs> insane, man. Right. Uh, you know, I don't think anyone can really grasp that, um, and that's not even going down to the smaller levels. You know, it's just the cellular level, and then when you go up, the the scale is just so unbelievable. Um, that it does seem like it would something extrasensory. Um, yeah, it seems like it, the the type of thing of wavelengths um, just makes more sense, I guess, to my brain that it's mm-hmm. possible. But the, there are different layers of cognition, is sort of what you would say as well, right? So that there's you know, there's our conscious experience of being Chris, of Nathan, of DJ, right? But but there's a a higher conscious experience that is in, in some ways an aggregate of some of these individualized experiences. Yes. 
Yeah, I've been thinking about that. Uh, you know, I watched after I did that whole analytic idealism course. Mm-hmm. Uh, I listened to Sam Harris. He gave mm-hmm. on Lex Friedman. He talked about free will, um, and he says, you know, it doesn't exist. And mm-hmm. because he's able to meditate, like again, super super low, and he can um, the next word that comes out, he, he you can't actually see where it's coming. The next thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't really have free will, at least over your thoughts. Um, and what I was thinking is, if you're if you're talking about actually where you think about where we come from, right? You're actually grown at the quantum level, mm-hmm. one sperm cell, right? With one egg. All it is is like that one bit of DNA. Um, so you're actually grown, we're each grown from the quantum level up to this dimension that we're in now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that maybe that's where consciousness is just at a lower dimensional level and it grows into our size, and then we will continue to grow um, at where I think we may be required to, for the nation to be conscious. Mm. Like you mentioned, I don't think um, rocks and things like that are con- things that, um, that I can't define as life, I guess, maybe aren't conscious. But um, mm. so, yeah, th- I think it would be uh, just an extension of us into longer. Uh, wavelengths so just one quick follow-up is our is our technological progress is it a uh you could argue in this model that we're already interconnected we're already uh sharing a sort of conscious experience without technology but because of our technology we're manifesting an interconnected conscious experience that is in some ways synthetic or uh, different than how we're doing it just naturally so, you know, could we have this sort of divergence in a way, like where there's like a, a technological uh, emergence of conscious experience and, and, our, and our already existing conscious experience that, that doesn't rely on technology? Well, I think um, people assume that uh, technology is not nature, mm-hmm. right? But, you know, everything that we, you see around you was made from Earth, on Earth. Right. Yeah. So... It's just what we see it as at our dimensional level, right? If you go down into your cytoplasm of your each of your little cells, it's not going to look like uh, probably what you're expecting. You know, right. <laughs> it may not even look natural, right? But it is. Mm-hmm. Our, the roads that we created are natural, came from Earth. Right. <laughs> you know, that's like a right, great, right. that's yeah. a great point because we look yeah. in terms of organic and synthetic, but. For, for that matter, everything is synthetic that we created from that standpoint. That's not. It's made out of the same things and, as us. It's made right. out of the same things as us. It looks different. Mm-hmm. We're making um, a semantic d- 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 differentiation. There's no real differentiation. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Right. The, the, the problem is that we, we see it as a differentiation, um, but it's just a different dimension mm-hmm. of organization. You know, and, you're and, made out of minerals and liquids and, you know, basically inorganic, or organic chemi- chemicals, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's made out of minerals. If you look at it in America or whatever, some nations made out of minerals, <laughs> liquids, <laughs> organic right. and or, inorganic chemicals, right? It's, it's made out of the same stuff. It's just we, we think we're the, the shit, right? We think mm-hmm. we're the end all be all. <laughs> uh, and we, I think we are, actually. I think it's all related. I think we are kind of from the same. I believe, you know, at least the analytic idealism seems the most logical to me. You know, my dog, he was just uh, dreaming. You know, mm-hmm. he's like running in his sleep, you know? Mm-hmm. 
I, I mean, what is that? We're just like, yeah, it's some other thing, you know? Mm-hmm. He's obviously having some sort of conscious experience, the dog. Absolutely. I mean, you look into their eyes and then they see fear. And mm-hmm. so there's something Emotional. there. There's, there's experience. Uh, you know, when we think animals don't communicate, it's like so stupid, you know? Oh, <laughs> of course yeah. they communicate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just we don't understand them yet. I think we will. Yeah. Uh, maybe they communicate with telepathic, you know? Maybe your dog just talked to each other telepathically and barking is just like uh, more effective for them or something. Mm. You know, I mean, we have no idea. Um, yeah, but... I mean, I think we're learning and I never expected we would ever get this far in my lifetime. You know, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. you, met, you see how fast it's, it's changing. Right. Um, yeah. So I think we're going to have a lot of understanding happen quickly. Uh, artificial intelligence is going to keep pushing. Mm-hmm. You know, just look at what you can do with Google. I mean, you can ask it for anything. Um, information is open and free. Um I mean, we get hit by enough energy every day to <laughs> destroy the earth like a hundred times over. There's, we have enough energy, everybody. Like it's, yeah. I don't know. I think I feel like we can. It's a solvable problem, and maybe this UAP thing, and you know, followed right on the top of COVID, mm-hmm. you know, um, just kind of shocked everybody. And now it's like, all right, maybe we can stop shooting each other, and doing stupid shit. Uh, probably not, mm-hmm. right? Probably not. But yeah, probably not. we can try. Um, because it doesn't take many people to. You know, if you talk about a one person like like Putin, you're talking about one individual can make a decision and override, you know, hundreds of millions of people that uh, that that live in his country and maybe three fourths of them. And I'm just throwing a number out there. I don't know that that number is true. Uh, do not want to do what he wants to do, but he gets to make that decision. And when you put have that much power in one human being it can be very, very dangerous. Because their I mean, whims, I, uh, their ego, yeah. their hopes, their dreams, their thought, the, their sense of self, uh, and what they seek to their h- how they want to be perceived can inform the decision they make. That costs, you know, who who knows how many lives that's I, going to cost. I think it's much more complicated. I think this this is like a cartoonish version that we get in our own society in the U.S. Because you talk to Russian people, they say the exact same thing on the opposite side. It could be. No, that, I'm not. I, NATO's encroaching on us. Uh, I talk. Yeah, we're, it, it's not exclusive. I'm just saying yeah. that 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 w- it could be. It could be our country. It could be. I get what no, you're I, saying. No, I'm saying it was Russia made a Russia the country, led by supposedly Putin. Right. Russia made the decision. I think it was an emotional one because it was losing, like it was being ripped. Ukraine was being ripped from it. It's an emotional decision. You know, it was a, a, I'm going to die if I don't invade Ukraine and bring it back, stop it from leaving. Right. Look at when do all the wars happen? When somebody goes to leave, you know, if Texas like was like, Texas is like, Hey, I'm going to leave and join uh, the new Russian, (laughs) Russian uh, conglomerate. We would attack, man. The rest of America would attack Texas. 100%. 100%. And, and it doesn't matter. And they would, they would say the same thing. Can you believe Biden is crazy? And Because that's what their news would tell them. Mm-hmm. And they would believe it because let's look over there, everybody. You know, like they haven't been, all of a sudden everybody's an expert on Russia. Probably couldn't pick Ukraine on a map, mm-hmm. you know. Um, no, I think it was a, I think Russia did it because that's, they thought they were going to die. Russia thought they were going to die. 
Right. Well, ra rationality means different things based on different systems, right? So to, but it's still a still a similar type of behavior, right? So uh, our system has certain inputs, certain cultural uh, justifications, and we, had, you know, because we're steeped in it, we we look at certain decisions and say that's rational, meaning that is consistent with this system that we find ourselves in or it's inconsistent with it and and, yeah. and the truth is that there this is happening everywhere around the globe on small levels and macro levels and and when you're not part of that system it's easy to look at that and go that's irrational you know like that that doesn't make any sense but i think what you're saying is there is a there is to a certain degree a, a level of relativism at work it's not that just, you know, it's total madness, you know, it's not complete insanity. It's, it's insanity to us, you know, from our system. And I also want to be careful to say that it's not, you know, there are legitimately and objectively terrible things, you know, <laughs> regardless of, of the system that you might find yourself in. And, you know, hurting people, killing people, innocent people is not a good thing. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, but like, I just, you know, yeah. I just killed like, I don't know, 5 million of my cells. Right. Right. I don't care until it starts like affecting my ability at the, at my level to actually function. Right. Um, you know, they, they that's why you're like, how could the machine, it's a machine. I mean, it's an organic cybernetic giant machine. Um, yeah. And it, you know, it's, it, it, to me, it seems so obvious when you start looking at it in that, in that light, but it's, again, it's hard to look past your own humanity, you know? Mm -hmm. These have got to be quick hitters because we only have about six minutes left with you. So let's get Kevin in there and then Debs, please. Okay. So um, I it's funny because I've been joking about free will versus determinism in every episode and you guys were just talking about it. So I'm like, um, so you're obviously a deterministic. You're, you believe that all behavior has a cause and is predictable. So in your model, um, I don't know. You're talking, I don't what? know about that. Oh, okay. I don't know what that means, but yeah. Well, determinism is the opposite of free will. So, yeah, yeah, that's what Sam Harris says. I don't know actually. Oh, um, so you I okay? Where it, do you stand? That would be a question then. I I don't know the the full question. Um, okay. I don't. Think, so yeah, um, I'm not sold on free will. I'm not sure. Uh, oh, I interesting. Think, yeah. Okay. Well, that was it. That was a quick question. Gotcha. All right. Gotcha. Is there is there free will or? My question is, um, well, do you believe, yeah, that there's a free will, or they, do you think that all behavior has a cause and is thus predictable? Do you think that we're just creatures of our environments? I don't know. I hope not. I hope not. It would be really boring. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, I, I think we're definitely creatures of our environment. Um, but I think that the thoughts and everything come you know from somewhere else it seems like mm -hmm. if we can prove so, this link telepath you know if it does actually exist that Raiden is correct these scientific studies are correct uh rving certainly i mean the government used it for 30 years remote viewing mm -hmm. if there's a telepathic link then that would that would suggest to me that there's some extra physical extra physical thing um, yeah so does that experiment too you were talking about earlier that kind of proves it because it, it was actually the thought would move the beam over you know Yes. That, yeah. Yeah, that kind of proves something too. Consciousness, maybe a carrier wave. You're you're theorizing. I think it's really interesting that you said that. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, well, I know at the end of the day, you know, I just want to. I think 
I think most people just want to have a happy life with their families, you know? And I think that, um, uh, you know, you, it, it doesn't even matter what it, what the answer is at the end of the day. You know, if we achieve that and people have can have a meaningful life, then, uh, you know, does free will, where does it come from even really matter? I, I don't know. Hmm. Um, I certainly feel like, my, so what I think is that um, the future doesn't really exist. Uh, it's basically just probabilities that can happen. Uh, basically waves. I think that's where the, the future is quantum, essentially, where it's uh, it's it's not so set. Maybe there are certain, there's a certain probability f- function you can end up in, um, but it's not set until it becomes the now, right? Until we manifest it or until the universe actually observes it somehow. Um, so I think that's where the information may be changing, right? So if it's just, if information is just be, being sent, it's not changing, um, maybe that's waves, right? Because that's why you want to use waves to send information. That's why we use lasers and such like that to send information, because you can stack waves. You can just stack them. So you can just continue to stack uh, communication and and, inf- and energy. Um, but you can't when it's a particle, right? We can't stack particles, at least that we know of. So that's where we're like, we're hitting together. Um, and so maybe that's where it's it's uh, processing. You know, maybe like the the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is real. And 42. Processing it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> And that it requires us is to process the information and to make to make it real, I guess, or to uh, to affect it um, for meaning, I guess. I and love the it. Past, we can change the past. It. That would be my question: is uh, can we change the past? Well, Bill and Ted obviously proved that you can, so I think that's <laughs> solved. Um, but we uh, do, right? We rewrite it. <laughs> Definitely. You're writing history, but you're right. We change I the past it. all the time, man. The past is changeable. It. Past is changeable. <laughs> the future doesn't <laughs> exist. The past is changeable. And the now, who knows what the hell it is. <laughs> Debs, you have the last question, my dear. I know. I, I have all this time, so I'm just no, going to ask you about yeah. the life, the universe, and everything. But you, no, we're good. You already said 42. So um, I think I'll just ask if you got to go to Turkey and explore that because you were really interested in that um, yes. case. I, I really hope this summer, I actually, at the last uh, conference, I went to Paris for the NFT conference and I met some guys in Turkey, some really friendly, of course, they're super friendly. Um, and they said, it's full up, come, it's safe. Uh, they'll, they'll help me out. And uh, I think I can do it this summer for sure. I'll go for sure. I'm trying to get my family to go, but maybe maybe just me. About that particular craft, uh, that that uh, video of the craft where uh, apparent beings were visible. That's yeah. They had three summers, two thousand seven, eight, nine in Turkey, where they had mass sightings. So it wasn't just the videos. There's a lot of video, which is inter- interesting to me. Um, but the, supposedly there was a lot of other sightings as well. I think um, there'd be a lot of value if you do to, to the community if you do get to go there, uh, Chris. If you could uh, take these. Uh, the last couple uh, seconds or minutes here, if you if you wish to uh, put out whatever you'd like to the community, what everything that you're involved in. Yeah, excellent. I mean, the the, the biggest thing right now is to build an open source community uh, on Discord where people can come and contribute and you know be respected, be able to talk about these things. You know, it's you can be anonymous on Discord. You know, it'll, your digital ID will be remembered. You don't have to link that with you. Um, so just come and participate. 
that would be the biggest thing. And, and we need everything, right? We need the people that have the ideas. We need the, you know, experiences there to actually give their experiences. Um, people with evidence, people that have analysis uh, capabilities, you know, the idea is it's, it's a community. And then we're going to, I'm going to put the funding there through the NFTs, you know, so people can invest. Um, I believe it'll return. You know, I, I don't want to leverage my audience or whatever, <laughs> you know, I'm not trying, I don't want to sell to people. Um, but I do want to affect the needle. I want to move the needle. And I think we're in a, just a, a unique opportunity here. You know, I didn't want to actually build a company and do all this stuff for, until my kids got out of, got out of high school, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but the opportunity is just too great. Like web three's coming, we can leverage it. We can actually move the needle, um, but it's going to take everybody. So that's what I would say is, you know, UAP society, come contribute um, just in some way, hang out. That would be the best discord. It, go check out uh, Chris uh, Lato. It's at Chris Otis seven, eight on Twitter, which would tell you that he's younger than me uh by 11 years but who's counting uh <laughs> great it's the skincare it's a, the dj skincare formula <laughs> which so you know, awesome. i'd be happy to send some to chris over in portugal only put it on at night do not put it out wow. on when you're going out in the sun i'll be in uh, utah they're flying me to utah so guys you there know you support go. the conference yeah they paid for it they're not i don't think they're making any money man um so the tickets yeah you can come in person i'll be there uh i think it's VIP tickets may still be available, at nice. least live stream. I'm having my hip replaced, so I probably uh, I'd probably be more likely to stream. But it, um, it's cool. But yeah, Travis Taylor will have Avi Loeb. I heard there's going to be uh, from the the cousin brothers. Hmm. There's going to be a disclosure movie played. One of the, I guess their upcoming movie. So it should be exciting. Yeah, cool. um, I from a personal standpoint, coming from the background that we both come from. I'm very, very proud of you and what you're doing and the way that you reflect credit on us. So I thank you for that. Please check out Chris. He's dope. Uh, give us a like and a subscribe for all this work we putting in. <laughs> huh, that's all we're going to ask of you. So for, for uh, Mr. Chris Lato, the F-16 pilot, for Money Nathan, Kevin, and Debs, this is DJ saying peace out. One love, and we'll see you down the road. We're always wondering what's up around the bend. Peace. Thanks everybody for being here. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for all your viewers. It's cool. Anytime, man.